what do you want to da da da? I don't know. What do y'all think we should da da da? Well, what did we da yesterday? Hmm, yesterday. All the dolls feel like the same doll these dolls. I know. Like, is today Monday or Tuesday? Today is Thursday. Oh no, I forgot to call my mom on her birthday. Oh no! No! These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. That won't change. Not to da or any da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome back, folks, to Pitch to Podium. This is myself, Samad Arora, here, as always, joined by Kunal Shah for our pre-race preview for the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix. And before we begin with anything, can we just take a small moment to thank Liberty Media for this amazing moment? Because right after Portimao, we come to another gem of a circuit in the form of Imola. And Kunal, you can't be more happy than that, can we? It's just a classic Formula One track finally back on the calendar. It is classic old school Formula One. It's one of the circuits where there's gravel, which is also interesting, exciting configuration. But I was wondering when you said, you know, we need to thank Liberty Media for something. I was wondering what you were going to thank them for. And I thought you were going to thank them for one more race, which has got a confusing name to itself. I mean, why not just call it San Marino? I know it's for money reasons. Okay. Uh, which is what we also experienced at Mugello. By the way, do you remember what Mugello was called, Saul? <laughs> okay, so it was called the Formula One Grand Premio della Toscana Ferrari 1000. Was there something else at the end of it? Uh, I'm not quite sure, but... Your, your memory pills are working very well. <laughs> Keep to them. <laughs> well, no, back again for yet another slightly confusing name. It's the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix. So if you're not familiar with Italy's geography, it's the biggest highway that links the northern end of the Italian countryside. And it's quite a big deal. Formula One is actually coming back to Emilia after 2006. And it may baffle you as to why Formula One was out of this place for such a long time, considering the brilliant races that we had here in 2005 and six themselves. But again, long story short, deals didn't work out. But thank goodness we are back again this time out. And also, folks... If you're new to Pitch the Podium here, don't forget to like, to share this video with your friends and family members, and also to subscribe to the channel. And crucially, in the description of this video, we've got the link to our social media channels where we are running the Pitch the Podium Grand Prix Prediction Competition. And we are giving out a few tips of how to play and how to go about with things right here in this video. So stay tuned. But first, Kunal, uh, for all our new viewers who haven't really watched Formula One back in the day, what is Imola like? What is the circuit like? What are the characteristics of this track? I mean, you know, there's a lot of history to Imola. It's been hosting races since the 1980s, as we know. Yeah. Uh, Formula One has had some very tough memories at Imola, as we know, with Roland Ratzenberger and yeah. then Senna. Uh, but, you know, those moments have only made the sport much safer. Uh, for someone like me who grew up watching uh, the likes of, uh, you know, Jacques Villeneuve, Damon Hill, Michael Schumacher, and then uh, uh, Fernando Alonso, you know, the 2005-2006 San Marino Grand Prix will be etched in memory forever. And, you know, there's a lot of talk, Samuel, whether the circuit characteristics will allow for a lot of overtaking because there's one DRS zone and the likes. Mm. But I'm always of the belief that even if we get a race like we had in 2005 and 2006, where... 
you know, Michael and Fernando were engaged in battle and neither could actually overtake the other. I think that's fine as well, because at the end of the day, uh, you know, we end up as fans, we end up confusing the meaning of the word overtake. It's not that we want to see a driver necessarily overtake another. We want to see a driver fight with the driver ahead or behind in making an overtake happen or blocking it. So maybe that might just come to four at Imola this weekend. Who knows? And the one critical difference from the last time Formula One came here is that the Variante Bassa chicane, so the chicane on the final corner of the circuit before the start-finish straight, has now been removed. So you get a clean run all the way from the double right-hander, the Rivadza, double left-hander, I beg your pardon, at Rivadza towards Tamburello. So, I mean, on one point, yes, you can defend throughout the whole circuit. It's virtually flat out in many places. But... I kind of get a feeling that the DRS will make things a lot easier. And if you have to make a move into Tamburello, which is the first chicane, you've got to get it done early on because it's very, very hard for cars to go too wide on the entry of that corner, especially when you consider the fact that the inside line is a lot, lot more shallow and it's very hard to go side by side there. So who knows? We could still end up seeing a very good defensive race and strategy could take the forefront in this case. And speaking of strategy, Kunal, what do you expect here? It's Italy, so it usually tends to be hotter than the rest of Europe. But we are still, what, at the end of October right here. So can be far cooler, can't it? It will. It's actually going to be the 1st of November when the race takes place oh, this oh, Sunday. Yeah. Yes, but, uh, you know, I have to pause everyone to say that, you know, one of the reasons why Samil knows the circuit layout so well is because of all the fantastic commentary he does you know, for the iRacing network and several other series that he, you know, does commentary with. So he definitely knows what he's talking about when it comes to where a driver could overtake and, you know, where the overtake needs to start happening and so on. But moving on to uh, tire strategy, Pirelli are bringing a step softer than they did last weekend, which is hopefully a good thing. Uh, They are expecting higher wear and tear because, you know, there are lots of low and medium speed corners here as well. So at the, at the end of the day, uh, one doesn't know how it's going to be because the most exciting part about this Grand Prix weekend is the fact that for the first time ever in history of Formula One, we have a two-day Grand Prix weekend. And so much so that we are recording this on Friday and then there are no media interviews that have happened yet because you know the, the, the usual days have sort of been shifted forward by one. So you know, tomorrow there's a 90-minute uh, practice session followed by a gap and then straight into qualifying. And I'm so excited to see how it all turns out. And Kunal, this just raises a major question in my mind. Now, you having worked in a Formula 1 team in the, par- in, the, in the name of Force India a lot of years ago, uh, you know about how the team works, how they approach a new circuit. And this is something we've discussed extensively on Pitch to Podium. But with even more limited running, and teams not having raced this configuration of Imola, or at least not having raced in these generation of cars in this particular circuit, it just surely must make learning a lot more difficult, even with all the simulation tools that are available, aren't it? It is. And, you know, this is exactly where even the 100 kilometers that, you know, Alpha Tauri would have done earlier in the year for a filming day test would have helped. You know, Kimi Raikkonen, who's now freshly uh, minted a contract with uh, Alfa Romeo for 2021. He's actually the only driver who has raced in Imola in in the past. It just shows how how many years Kimi has been around. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, the track has been resurfaced. Track is completely different in a lot of ways since when Formula One raced here. 
and you know the the ninety minutes of uh, a session that uh, that's going to be there in in free practice is going to be literally about making sure you find the right setup and the right setup compromise, which is important because uh, that's all you get, uh, you know, when it comes to setting up for the Grand Prix weekend. And that's like three hours of almost two and a half hours of lesser running, uh, you know, before teams get ready for for qualifying. So, uh, you know, drivers will need to keep it clean. Teams will need to be extra prepared to literally extract every minute of the the 90 minute session we have and overall for formula one i see this is going to be probably the future that they will put in place that you give teams lesser time for practice sort of keep keep things open and then just condense uh, the whole grand prix weekend into three days rather than Mm. four days i mean what's not to like about it at least from the spectator's point of view because let's say in the business side of things saves Formula One a whole lot of money not to rent the track out for one whole day and saving up on all the transport costs. Just just having things very compensated, uh, not compensated, but just congested into a couple of days. So that really helps them out on the business standpoint. And for us spectators, we always go about with the old saying of, yeah, efficiency just makes things a lot more boring. Why can't we have less practice? Why can't we have rain? This helps us out because the teams now have less running. They know less about the circuit. So they're less prepared Naturally, we could have more of a spectacle, but that's, that's to come later on. What we can hope for is teams being extremely competitive with each other and trying to make the best of the time that they have. And speaking of the track characteristics and being very competitive and keeping it clean here at Imola, as, as Kunal mentioned early on, there's grass, there's gravel, there's the walls all the way through. So you make one mistake in free practice. That's it. You could essentially end up being compromised in Imola, which is going to be a torrid thing because it's hard to pass here. So it's looking a bit dicey on the whole for everyone who makes a mistake early on. It's going to be just about making sure you keep it clean and you get all the laps in, you dial yourself in because there's going to be very limited room for error. But just to go back to the point about uh, lesser running, I think the, the other return that we will have uh, as, as fans uh, of the sport is that we could actually see more races being added to the calendar yeah. if we sort of remove one or one and a half day from each race, uh, you know, through through the year. So I think it's great preparation. Let's let's see how it goes. But uh, you know, let's let's sort of move on to how we can help people predict better with the Grand yes. Prix prediction league sawmill. So I'm going to read out some very interesting statistics uh, that uh, actually two of them that Sundaram and Nityanand have you know come up with our colleagues on pits to podium. Mm-hmm. So Mercedes has had a hundred percent win rate at all the new or returning circuits in the hybrid turbo era. This is what Sundaram is you know uh, has found out, and they've had I think poll nine out of the eleven races. Okay, wow. so so that. <laughs> That's one. The second one, which which Nityanand has you know pulled out and is is there on the pits to podium website, is the fact that uh, you know uh, seventeen race wins have come from P one and P two. You know P one has won nine times and P two has won eight times. So who knows? You know if the Mercedes drivers again take a one two in in uh, in qualifying, there is probably a very equal chance that both could go for a win uh, this weekend. And that first corner is just going to be even more dramatic, isn't it? We've, we've constantly seen this season that the driver who 
usually Trump's turn number one is the one who comes out on top. Again, there have been a couple of incidences where, has, where that has been proven wrong, but mostly that has been the case with Valtteri Bottas losing out that position. This just makes qualifying and that start even more crucial. But as we have seen, strategy can change things around as it has done for the last couple of race weekends. And now this is going to be a really big opportunity for Lewis Hamilton to, let's say, cement a new legacy. He's already reached win number 92. He's already gone past. This is where he begins and does something even more special. Yes, and, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to add more statistics. So it could be a 93rd win. It could be his 29th or 30th circuit where he's had a pole. And likewise for a race win. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Nityanand and Sundaram will be busy crunching all the data through the weekend. And, uh, you know, this is just uh, Lewis edging closer to the number you and I discussed, you know, a couple of episodes yeah. ago. How many, how many race wins would Lewis Hamilton have by the time he hangs up his helmet, you know? So, uh, that's what it is. It's also getting closer to Mercedes and Lewis sort of uh, uh, being able to wrap up their titles earlier mm -hmm. in, in the season. So, that's great. And, you know, given just the sheer dominance, the two of them, we actually don't end up speaking much about them. But, you know, we necessarily, we can't be blamed, Samuel, because P3 has been just so much of an interest between Racing Point exactly. and Renault and, and uh, McLaren. And uh, I'm excited to see which team sort of, uh, you know, is able to come out on tops uh, at Imola as well. Then uh, Will Ferrari's new upgrade package, as we saw, it did it worked well last weekend. Uh, at Portimao, will will they be able to extract something more out of it, at least from Charles Leclerc, uh, Charles Leclerc's car? And uh, then, of course, we have Alexander Albon. You know, uh, Pierre Gasly has been confirmed to uh, Alpha Tauri, but I think maybe one or two races is all Albon has hmm. before Red Bull Racing sort of decide, you know, which way which way they want to go. Is it is it Albon or is it another experienced driver from outside? Who knows? I mean, they're usually very, very quick at pulling the trigger, especially when they say that everything is fine. So whenever they say that everything is fine, be prepared. It's not. But coming back to the questions that you asked about the midfield canal, it's going to be very interesting because last time out, Sean Leclerc was able to pull out, I think, quite an outrageous performance the way he drove back at the Portuguese Grand Prix. Double points for Ferrari, mind you. So there are signs of improvement right there. Then you consider that Renault have been the dark horse of sorts. Whenever you count them out, they just come back in. And yes, Imola is a high downforce circuit, which on paper may not suit the Renault car as much, but they have pulled out some really good performances at high downforce circuits earlier on this year too. And then Sergio Perez is growing in momentum. Large Stroll certainly is fading away, but Perez has gained quite a bit of that. And considering all that we saw from Carlos Sainz in Portugal as well, it just seems to culminate into this very good, exciting fight that we could end up watching at Imola this weekend. You know, I keep, I think this is the 15th time I'm saying this on our show, but the 2020 Formula 1 season is like, you know, most MotoGP seasons, you know. Exactly. You have Hamilton and, uh, you know, Mercedes out at the front, dominating and creating their records and picking up all the race wins and titles. But literally every position behind them for most races, there's been a fantastic fight. It's madness. You know, it's, been, it's been unpredictable to say who's going to be finishing where and so on. So I, I expect, uh, I expect uh, you know, similar uh, experiences uh, at Imola for all of us. We will not know which of the four teams for P3, and I'm adding Ferrari to, to the list, because I think they are, they are a few points uh, yeah. down uh, uh, and, and they have maybe five races to catch up. So usually, you know, 
the catch up is for P1, but I'm sure they'll try and catch up as close to P3 in 2020. And that would be a good consolation uh, for them, I would say. Nevertheless, if you had to pick one team to, let's say, uh, as, as our best of the rest team, as we always have on the pitch Podium prediction competition, who would your money be on? Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be Sergio Perez and Racing Point for this time out. What about you? I would like to agree with that. He has sort of, you know, he's, he's gone a gear higher, especially since uh, he's realized he's not going to be racing at uh, Racing Point next year. He's still out mm. of drive next season. Uh, it's difficult to look past Sergio Perez. Maybe the momentum that Daniel Ricciardo and Renault have carried on, not of course, of course, not the last weekend because he sort of uh, he had a yeah. bit of a Sebastian Vettel moment, you know. <laughs> but uh, the, even Ricardo is is probably good. And then you know the McLaren boys, both of them are pumping really, really hard. And Lando Norris has been on a bit of a low, so maybe he's he's going to use this as a you know way to sort of get back. And Imola will also sort sort of show us drivers who adapt really quickly. Of course, they all they all do. My apologies. Yeah. But it's just going to be that minor, you know, difference in, in the finer moments of, of a lap, especially in qualifying and so on, where, you know, uh, you know, where a driver suddenly is more comfortable the, than the others, you know, given that everyone's going to be doing fewer laps. So, uh, I, I still can't look beyond Perez, but lots of exciting battles uh, even then, Samuel. Okay, so that's our, that's our best of the rest division sorted out. We know who the top two are going to be. But can we see a certain Max Verstappen break into that bubble? Because, at least on paper, Imola is a very high downforce circuit. You've got corner after corner after corner. There is no respite. There are no straights. Even the small back straight that you get after the Acuminerali corner just disappears in a second. And then you're into an ocean of corner once again. An ocean of corners, I beg your pardon. So... Can we see Red Bull do something special? Because we've normally seen them do extremely well at high downforce circuits like Monaco or Mexico City. You know, it all it all boils down to, of course, what Max Verstappen able, is able to pull out of the car. Yeah. Because he's the only one uh, Red Bull also have their hopes on, which is fine. Uh, but, you know, Red Bull have closed in the gap to Mercedes. We know that's because Mercedes are focusing on the, uh, I think, on the 2030 car that they're going to be racing in Formula <laughs> 1. Because... You know, all the other cars from now till then are pretty much uh, fixed and they're going to be winning championships anyway. But, uh, I, you know, if, if anyone can really break into top two and make things a little more fun for all of us uh, with regards to Formula 1 and not Formula 1.5, it's, it's Max Verstappen. You know, uh, it, it all depends what, uh, you know, what they're able to pull off and, and do. And you never know, somebody like Max Verstappen, naturally talented, so, so, so naturally talented, might just uh, get more comfortable in a short duration practice session than a lot of his peers. And yeah. that, could be, that could be an advantage as well. And all of this goes back to what I said, you know, ultimately there's never going to be a perfect setup. So it's about compromising basis, what the, the package offers Indeed. and what your driver wants and so on. Indeed. Should be fun. Should be fun to see how this all plays out. But then at last, that's all of our prediction combinations. Uh, prediction departments. Uh, what, what do I call it? Okay. Uh, leave that brain lapse aside for a couple of seconds. Let's focus back down on the lower midfield. Now, Pierre Gasly finished in P5, if I'm not mistaken, back at Portimouth. That was a very good result. He's been confirmed to stay at Alpha Tauri for the next season. So, you could say on one end that there's a bit of security, but you could also say that there's no promotion for him going on. So, 
there's that incident. There's Kefiat being very sure that he's going to be there in this scene, which means he isn't going to be there at Asmatauri next year. But there's a lot of shaking up happening in the low midfield. Team drivers are changing teams. Some drivers are leaving the sport altogether. There are rumors of new ones coming along. And while all that kerfuffle goes around, it still seems that AlphaTauri are supposedly the top team in the low midfield battle where we have AlphaTauri, we've got Haas, Alfa Romeo and Williams. So for them, they may not be fighting for points this weekend. But nevertheless, a quick word on them. How do you expect them to fare this time out, Kunal? I think they will be to, again, to look out for Pierre Gasly being confirmed, uh, you know, adds extra momentum to himself. And, you know, the last time uh, I think Formula One raced uh, in uh, at least one out of the three races this year, uh, Pierre Gasly is one in, in Italy. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, also this is the hundredth oh. race at Italy as well. That's how many yeah. races Italy has, you know, hosted, I think. Uh, that's almost 10% because I think Formula 1 had a thousand races. <laughs> thousand last year. Yeah, so that's, that's impressive. But, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Alpha Tauri keeping Pierre Gasly is very, very good. I, I'm glad uh, they, they are keeping Gasly in, a, in an environment where he's thriving, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, with this whole junior team, sister team change in status that, uh, that uh, will happen from 2021. Uh, Alpha Tauri will only get quicker, and there, there's nothing wrong in having two number one drivers in two yeah. different teams and seeing how they can groom talent uh, elsewhere. And you know, you said drivers leaving the sport altogether. It could very well be. Uh, we know the two Haas drivers are mostly leaving. Uh, I don't think they'll get seats elsewhere. Maybe Alexander Albon. You never know if he's dropped from F1 altogether or if he's given a chance to resurrect himself at. Uh, yeah. At Alpha Tauri, uh, the the only thing is then you know it blocks off uh, Yuki Sonoda's uh, progress in into Formula One, and yeah. of course Yuki Sonoda also being eligible for super license points is is another thing. He needs to finish at a certain position uh, in in the F2 Championship. So lots of moving variables, and uh, you know uh, I, w- I was hoping that Alpha Tauri is able to take the fight to Ferrari, but you know Ferrari's upgraded package has certainly put them. Several steps ahead of uh, of the the fashion labeled racing team, I would say. The fashion labeled racing team—that's some way to describe it. Yeah, marketing. Let's say, let's call it that way. Let's let's put it very simply. But no, uh, just before we conclude, there has been a recent revelation surrounding a customer Ferrari team who have been linked very closely to them, who may just see. Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin drive for them next year. We are talking about Haas. And now that Roman Grosjean has left the team, he has come up with a very, very, very striking revelation about why Haas are struggling. And it has something to do about a very serious problem on the rear end of their car canal, which they just can't seem to find a way around. And I think if Roman Grosjean is to be believed, they've not been able to find a way around it for more than a couple of seasons. Yeah. It's basically uh, something to do with the rear suspension and, and the rake, uh, ride height as we call it, or the rake as we call it. And uh, I haven't gone in technical details with my friends who work in the sport uh, on the engineering side. I'm no engineer out here with, with Formula One cars. But all I remember reading was that uh, the problem would cause them an aero imbalance of up to 4%. And that was oh, what nice. was compromising their, or still is compromising their, their performance. And that's a lot. That's so much downforce just left aside. Yeah, hopefully better days are to come for Haas and all the other teams. But 
Well, that was it, folks. That was our Ebola preview. I'm sure you enjoyed it. I'm sure you're going to enjoy the race and the new format that we have in hand. Should be a fun one. And on the whole canal, just if you had to pick one prediction, just to define the whole thing, who would your money be on? Would it be Hamilton or Bottas? Well, it's Mercedes, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, I, I think I'll go with Bottas. You know, we've seen a very small side of him where he, he's got a little bit of an edge on Lewis when it comes to, you know, situations like these where there is limited running and there is a necessity to sort of settle down and be comfortable at a track, uh, uh, you know, faster than the others. So maybe that's the benefit. So maybe Bottas for pole, but then it could be anybody's race. Exactly. We, we don't call Bottas the free practice world champion for no reason, do we? <laughs> That's sadly been the case of the last couple of years. But no, should be a fun race weekend. If you enjoyed listening and watching to this one, don't forget to leave a like and to subscribe to Pitch the Podium. Also, share this video with all your fellow Formula 1 enthusiasts. We know they're interested in content like this. Please feel free to give them a word about this whole thing as well. Once again, folks, thank you so much for watching and we shall see you on Sunday. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys, and thanks, Samuel. See you. One, two, three, four... For everyone's safety, Vermont requires a seven-day home quarantine with a negative COVID-19 test or 14 days with no test to visit this winter. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. We're also recommending you take the time to do some extra squats, lunges, wall sits, or high knees. 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, with reduced lift and lodge capacity, you're going to have a lot more time to spend on the slopes. So take the time to get your legs ready. 39, Vermont in winter. It's worth the wait. One, two, three. This winter, plan your trip. Don't trip up your plans. Talk to your favorite inn or resort about smart travel suggestions and reservation policies. For full COVID-19 travel guidance, Visit VermontVacation.com. 16, 17.